Welcome to another How to Succeed podcast. I'm your host, Mike Montague, and my guest this week is Kelly Bandis. She is a stay-at-home comedian, mostly on Instagram, but also obviously all of the social media channels. And she has a new book out called Rookie Mistakes, uh, which sounds very interesting. I want to dive in and hear more about that, Kelly. But you can find that on Amazon or any retailer where you can get books. Now, if you want to learn more about Playful Humans, go to PlayfulHumans.com. Join our community of other adults rediscovering the power of play and how you can play for a living. And there's lots of good stuff there. Fun BuzzFeed style quizzes and interesting articles and stuff. Kelly, we like to start with the joke of the week. The joke of the week is brought to you by Mozart. I hate it when people pretend they know about Mozart and they haven't even seen one of his paintings. <laughs> All right, here's the joke of the week. Did you hear about uh, Elton John? Elton John recently bought a treadmill for his rabbit. Did he? It's a little fit bunny. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible, but also amazing. <laughs> Do you have a joke? I do, but can I tell a Mozart Mozart story really quickly? Yes. Um, my most embarrassing moment as a child, uh, I was at a piano recital uh, with fellow piano players. And after the recital, we were all standing around telling jokes, but they had to be music jokes. And someone told a joke about Mozart and I laughed so hard that I farted in front of <laughs> and I've never forgotten it and I'll I'll never I'll never feel better about it. So you remember the Mozart <laughs> joke or the music joke? Yeah, I laughed that hard at a music joke about Mozart. I don't remember what it was. Don't uh, remember the joke, but yeah, the the results. Yeah, the result <laughs> was so not good. Um my favorite joke comes uh via my elementary age children. Um what is the best part about Switzerland? I don't know. I don't know either, but the flag is a big plus. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I have the, I, for, I always forget. I got the, uh, the drum roll and then I never use it uh, anymore. <laughs> I lost it. Uh, what happened? Oh, there, there you ah, go. Uh, that's for our jokes. And uh, I feel like we did something. Nicely done. Uh, great stuff. <laughs> so tell us about um, what you do as a stay at home comedian. Yeah, uh, I'm a stay-at-home comedian because I am a comedian with terrible stage fright. So I do all my performing at home, which in the great age of 2022, you can do. You can play at your house and make it a career and not have to see other people, which is fantastic. Um, So I make uh, sketch comedy videos for the internet. I am on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, um, and not so much Facebook because I'm very afraid of Facebook these days. but yeah, that's I've built a career. Like their their data and policies, or there's other reasons to be afraid of Facebook. Oh, I mean, mostly just the people. Mostly yeah. just the people. <laughs> I mean, I probably should be scared of other more real threat data threats and things like that. But um, you know, same reason I don't post videos on Twitter. I'm also scared of people over there. Um, so I, I try and stay on the platforms where I feel like people are nicer, as an act of self preservation, probably. 
Um, but yeah, I uh, make videos for the internet and over the course of the last five years of so or so, it's become my career. That's so awesome. And uh, I want to, you know, learn more uh, about that. I did, you know, check out Instagram and you have some really funny stuff on there. I love I think the sketch comedy is what you said is is best. Like you'll do um, different different bits and, and stories or uh, a lot of like acting, uh, I would say, which is fun. And I'm wondering if you relate to this, that I think a lot of performers are actually introverts. Now, we both seem a little bit extroverted here on the podcast today, but we're doing the podcast and we're in rooms by ourselves. So um, do you feel like that too? Is that part of the the stage fright stuff that I feel like I'm more comfortable on stage in front of a, a thousand people than I am in the crowd of a, a thousand people? Interesting. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I definitely relate to what you're saying. I'm, I'm for sure more of an introvert. Um, I can perform when I'm ready and prepared, but it, you know, if I bump into you on the street, like, don't be surprised if I clam up. Uh, yeah, I, I'm perfectly comfortable being filmed. Uh, but it's the, it's the live in front of a lot of people. And I think kind of conversations fit into, into that category, right? Like you're the pressure's on, um, and you have to say things, especially if your job is, I'm a comedian. I feel like there's yeah. a little bit of pressure. Like, what are you going to say? That's funny. How are you gonna make me laugh? Uh, and uh, you know, that's probably a lot coming from, from my own stuff, but there feels like, you know, there's a lot of pressure in social situations. You definitely have to have an answer for that question. If yeah. whenever you say you're a comedian or do some sort of entertainment yeah. comedy stuff. Um, and luckily there are lots of, you know, funny words. Um, so, you know, if somebody asked me to say something funny, I just say kumquats, uh, or something like that. And that works. Um, but any body part really, uh, the scientific names of body parts work really well. I find, um, that always gets the kids around me. So just keep that in my back pocket. So tell me about why you even do this in the first place, though. It sounds like you were always a performer since you um, were a musician and stuff when you were younger. But um, is there a drive inside of you that like to be funny and and be creative? And um, what how did that even come to be something you wanted to try? Yeah. um, So one of the things that attracted me to your podcast is that prior to, so it was my husband that was a musician. Um, so prior to about five or six years ago, I was just working, not just, but I was working very regular inside the box job. I was speech language pathologist, worked with kids. Um, and I loved it. And I felt like I'm not having fun. This is a great job and I'm passionate about it. And I, and I see value in it but I don't feel like I'm laughing at home. I don't feel like my kids see me as I really am. Um, And I was like, man, that feels like a big problem. Um, So sort of just on a wild hair, I started making videos and I was like, I don't think anyone's going to care about this, but I wanted to do it. Um, And luckily other people like them. Other people thought they were funny. And so I kind of just kept doing them just for fun for me to laugh and, you know, I would get my kids involved and we would have fun coming up with ideas and they would be in the videos sometimes, but the, the real drive behind it, um, which I think speaks to the point of, of what you guys are doing here is that I just needed to have some fun in my life. Um, and sometimes really 
cool stuff grows out of that. I relate to that a lot because I was a performer when I was younger, then kind of got out of it and was like, I need to grow up and, you know, make some money and uh, be a serious adult. And I think that happens to everybody at some age, some, mm-hmm. some people even terribly young, which is, is sad. And you're like 13 and 15 and think you got to like get straight A's and, and you know, your permanent record people are going to pay attention to and, and <laughs> yeah. stuff and start being an, an adult. But um, even with sports and things, you know, kids thinking that they have to be professional at, at 13 is is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but. I think that it is fun. Sometimes you need something that's just for you. And I found that the power of that is that that's usually what people are attracted to. That's what can grow easier than if you work really hard at a a serious business and take your stuff serious all the time, then you're working. You have to work really hard to get other people to notice it. And it's kind of boring and lame. So other people don't pay attention. But when you do something just for you, that's your authentic self and fun, then people do happen to pay attention to it. So just so our audience knows, and they can go check you out on Instagram. It's uh, Kelly underscore Bandus. But um, what type of following, what has that generated for you? And how does that, has it translated to a career? And, and what does that look like for you now? Yeah. So over on Instagram, I have, you know, a little shy of 20,000 followers on TikTok. I have a little over like 160,000 followers. So it's, it's grown into, you know, I'm no like, Kim Kardashian, but I've got a decent community of people that I think kind of know what they're showing up for when I, when I put videos out. So, you know, it's like hanging out with a bunch of people who have your same sense of humor. Um, and the way that that's kind of grown into a career for me is that I was able to write a book, um, and put that out, you know, via a publisher and sort of more like the traditional route of putting a book out. Um, I don't do a lot of like sponsored things and, and, and so on and so forth that, you know, a lot of, I guess, content creators do. Um, and so it's, it's primarily been a vehicle for me to be able to write and get paid for writing, which was like the dream for me. And I think if I would have taken a more traditional route, I would not have gotten there. Like it had to start with the play and having fun. And there was a lot of I mean, I do a lot of work for free, like I'm sure like you do. Um, And if I wasn't having fun doing it, I would have given up a long time ago Um, because your time's valuable and you want to use it and allocate it to things that matter to you. Um, So I'm happy to put out videos that make people laugh. And I don't I don't make any money from it, but I I really genuinely enjoy doing it. Um, And then, you know, it's grown into a writing career, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, I love that. I'm working on a, a book too, kind of for that, that reason. And then mm-hmm. I, I get do speaking engagements and, and stuff where I actually make money, but yes, I do a lot of podcasts for free and a lot of other things, uh, game shows and, and other stuff for, uh, little or, or no money. And I always tell people I would do this by myself in my, you know, basement, even if there weren't other people watching. And in fact, I, I often do, um, which is a little strange, but, uh, you know, sometimes you have to practice or sometimes we're just doing it for the nieces and nephews. And that's the, mm-hmm. the only people that it's, it's for, which is awesome. Um, a couple of other things I wanted to ask you about. Number one, uh, let's talk about the book rookie mistakes. What's it about? And, and maybe who is, uh, your people. So if they, if they identify with it, they should go check out the book. Yeah. Uh, my people to answer that question quickly is probably, uh, millennials, probably 
of the feminine persuasion, but I think anybody could enjoy it. Uh, lots of nostalgia humor. If you grew up, you know, if you were born 1980 to 1995, like this is for you. The book is about essentially that you're going to make mistakes your entire life, no matter how old you are. It's your rookie season, quote unquote, of being that age in that time, in that body. Um, so to be easy with yourself, to forgive yourself and to be open to changing. That's sort of the, the elevator pitch in Pratt. And in reality, it's a lot of funny stories from my life, ranging from how I killed my childhood pet to parenting through a <laughs> pandemic, you know? So it's just, it kind of spans the lifespan. I mean, I'm 37, that, that lifespan. Um, and I just hope that people can see themselves in the pages. You know, maybe you didn't starve your guinea pig to death, but you walked a similar experience and maybe gleaned a little something similar to what I gleaned from it. Um, and, and all the stories are told, you know, we, I, I cover some heavier topics like mental illness or um, body image stuff, but it's all told through the eyes of, of levity and with the intention of making you think and making you laugh. Yeah. I, I love that. I love everything about it. The idea and the the stories and sorry, I laughed at your, your Guinea pigs pain, but no, uh, that was the, the idea. <laughs> He's in a better, he or she is in a better place now. Um, I was just kind of equating that this weekend. We were out at the, um, the lake and I was having fun and as much fun as you can have at 43 on a jet ski. And, and then I came back and I was talking to my buddy who has an older car and he's like, yeah, you know, like it still drives great and everything, but you just, the other stuff that doesn't really matter and you don't want to pay to replace breaks down, you know, it's like, okay, well, the, the glove box doesn't open anymore. I'm not going to get a new car and spend 20 grand because the glove box doesn't open. I'm just going to guess I'm not going to use a glove box anymore. And I was like, that's really what it feels like to be in your forties is like, <laughs> Oh, you know what? Yesterday I could like touch my toes and now I can't, I guess I can't do that anymore. That was a, that was a thing I could do in my twenties uh, and now oh, it's man, gone. And you're like, that. you can't do anything about it. And you still love your car. It still works well. It gets you there, but it just doesn't have the same features. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a perfect analogy. And and yeah, you still love the car. It still gets you where you need to go. But, you know, the hinges don't work as well. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. The door, the, the door creaks when you, yeah, when you yeah. open it, it doesn't quite shut right. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, and I, I may have just, you know, gave us a good example, but that's something that like I made a connection and, and light bulb moment with over the weekend. But I was wondering about you because I feel like there is tremendous pressure for especially social media creators to always come up with an idea or be posting every day or several times a day. And I got to imagine with a comedian, that's a lot of pressure to keep that thing going. But I also know that it kind of becomes like a habit that if you do it every week, you come up with something because that's the time to come up with something and you're going to, you're going to do something anyway. How has that process been for you? Have you found yourself struggling and burning out even with your play or do you find that kind of the more you play the more fun and and the muscle memory you build up uh, of doing it yeah that's a great question um for me i have definitely burned out and i i tried to listen what do you do when that happens i give myself a break i say i'm going to take this week off if my audience isn't there when i come back that sucks 
but I think they will be. Um, I trust them enough that they're not going to go anywhere if I take a week off. Um, it doesn't happen often. You know, I would say maybe twice a year. I feel like I'm not, I don't, I don't have anything, but the way that I try to avoid that is I do not, uh, subscribe to having to post every day or every other day. I just release myself from that. And, you know, potentially I lose the opportunity for like exponential growth, not doing that. But I think if you're going to do good work, you can't do good work every day, um, even yeah. if it is fun. Um, so I, I usually post once a week, twice a week, um, because if you're, if you're, if you want your shit to be good or at least okay, you, you got to give yourself time to be in the creative process and not just creating. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I'll try to batch things. So if I'm feeling really good, the juices are flowing, I'll make, you know, three or four videos. So if, you know, one week I'm feeling a little blah, I have stuff that I can post without feeling like, Oh, that's oh, a great wow, tip. So that's yeah, how I do that too with podcasts. I'm usually like eight to 12 weeks out so that I don't have that pressure of, Oh my gosh, I have to find a guest and do something in the next day or two. And then I just recorded seven videos yesterday. Cause I was feeling good coming back <laughs> right? from vacation and just yeah. was like, here we go. We're going to do them. And just one right after another uh, fire stuff off. Uh, so there are tips. I think that's what maybe some people that don't do it don't realize is that um, you get to pick your own schedule. So, you know, don't pick something that's hard for you, pick something that's easy and fun. And then you can, uh, you can work ahead. You can, um, collect ideas from other people and crowdsource stuff. And you do have to take those periods of rest or periods of input. And I think for, especially for comedians, maybe tell me if you agree, I think you have to get external inputs. Like you can't just sit and watch Netflix and come up with a creative idea. You have to go experience life and you have to have funny stuff happen to you for you to notice. And I, I think that's what sometimes people miss is just like you mentioned, not waiting to get picked for your book, but developing that audience first. I think a lot of creative professions, you have to go make stuff happen. You can't just wait for inspiration. You have to go cause something and you know, do something to make it cause inspiration. Yeah, Do you agree there. I completely agree with that, especially and and this is more of a social media trend, but with so many people sort of just duping ideas, doing like the lip sync right. thing, you can get really caught up in and kind of just following trends that make your numbers go up. But if you if you want to be uniquely you and 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 create something new and provide something unique to people, I completely agree with you. You got to go outside and have an uncomfortable interaction with someone that you can come back and write jokes about. Um, and I, I try to be really careful about not consuming too much of my own genre because I don't want to start to emulate other people too much. Cause I definitely have you no, know, like if I scroll back through my work, I can see like, oh, you were really into like Alyssa Lempiris in this time. You were really <laughs> into a lot of Conan at this time. Um, and so I'm like, oh, it's, you know, an homage to them, surely because they're great. But I don't want to accidentally become somebody else because I'm not creating my own experiences. Yeah, I think that's that's really good too. I have definitely have a lot of influences uh, as well. I got uh, Steve Martin down here and uh, other comedy writers, Jim Carrey and stuff that that I love. Uh, but I think it's okay uh, to get those inputs, but you're right. You have to watch those and you have to meld it with other stuff. Like if you're just trying one input that gets burnt out and it also becomes like a photocopy of a photocopy mm -hmm. that, that's kind of not as great as the original. 
But if you take a little bit from Steve Martin, a little bit from Jim Carrey and a little bit from the bare naked ladies or, or Douglas Adams or something, then that's you. That's something that hasn't existed before. And and you can create a a cool, um, persona of yourself or or who you want to be by taking the best parts of people that you like. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. Like whatever you've been influenced by since way back, that like amalgam of personalities and your interpretation of it is unique to you. I like that. Yeah. Anything else you think maybe people would be surprised to know about being a uh, stay at home comedian or (laughs) something that um, you think is interesting, maybe behind the scenes that people don't realize when they're just enjoying their content on TikTok and, and scrolling through? Yeah, I think people would be surprised to know how long it takes to put out content. Um, That's not the first try that they're seeing. (laughs) No, and it's not the 400th try either. It's, and you know, most of us, and I'm, I'm, I don't know, but I would imagine that you might fall into this category are, you are everything. You are the email answerer, the editor, the sound engineer, the color, you know, you're doing everything. And so coming up with the idea it, and filming it for tick and TikTok or Instagram or whatever, that's three hours of your day, but it's, you're everything. And so the, the one-stop shop of it all, I think is a surprise to a lot of people that we just kind of are literally running a business on top of creating videos. Yeah. Unless you have a, a spouse or significant other with tech skills, like you, oh, yeah. uh, you're even going to have to run the camera and figure out how to edit videos and all of yeah. that stuff that uh, does take some work, but that part's fun if you really love yeah. it and, and you're trying to get stuff out. At least it is for me. And, and that's why um, I continue to do it. If it wasn't yeah. uh, just hire somebody else to do it, but you got to get to that point. And I'm forever indebted to my parents for paying uh, private university prices so I could get a, a, a broadcast journalism degree that I could never use, but I do know how to edit video from it. So, you know, there you go. You're using it. You're getting your I'm money's worth it. out I'm of it now. My degree. <laughs> Uh, I went with the communications degree because Mm -hmm. I feel like at least it had like some sort of business tie in. And it's a nice general degree of like, well, everybody's communicating, (laughs) but I could also be in the broadcast school. So I could take the broadcast and radio classes and stuff that I wanted, uh, but pretend like the degree was actually uh, usable somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) So that's fun. Uh, All right. Last question for you outside of work. What's the most fun for you? Oh, outside of work, what is the most fun for me? Uh, I I feel like either people are going to love this answer or absolutely hate this answer, but I am a huge Real Housewives junkie. So there's a huge social component that goes along with that, like conventions and girlfriends getting together. It's a seedy underbelly underbelly of reality (laughs) that I used to be very embarrassed about, but... It's fun. And I think that whatever is fun, as long as it's not like hurting anybody, you should do it and enjoy it. So that's that's my answer. And maybe everyone just turned off the podcast, but there you go. No, that's great. I mean, I know my wife uh, loves the reality shows and she loves texting the girlfriends and aunts and, and mom uh, during the show. And I think, you know, the talking smack about it is the best part of the, the show. I didn't know there were conventions, though. I didn't know that it was like there's a um, <laughs> housewife con. Uh, there is. In, in New York, uh, this fall, I'm going with uh, my sisters and some girlfriends. So it's going to be a blast. 
<laughs> well, interesting. <laughs> I will uh, have to make sure my wife doesn't see the end of this episode or I might be paying for a trip to New York. Uh, but are you ready to play a game? I am ready. All right. We're going to spin our wheel of games. There are 10 games that it could land on. And you got... Awkward questions. Awkward questions is uh, the like, would you rather type uh, of questions here? And I got a couple of good ones for you. Uh, what would you rather eat for dinner? Raccoon spare ribs or deep fried gerbils? This is tough because I'm a vegetarian, but um, we have a pet ha- a pet gerbil at home. So I'll eat the raccoon just out of respect. Uh, all right, there you go. I was going to say we shouted out the, the guinea pig earlier, so that would be awkward. Uh, <laughs> since you didn't feed it, but then you eat it. Uh, that's great. Um, you notice a prowler lurking outside your window. What action are you most likely to take? What do you think? I'll just leave that one open-ended. Oh, oh, that's an open-ended question. My, um, oh God, probably get my husband, but then grab the baseball bat I keep under my bed and... Be very loud. I don't know. Bang on the window, scare him away. Is that what you do with a bear? Is that, does that, that was uh, human beings? <laughs> yeah, I think that was gutsy. So it was try to scare him off or call the police were the answers. And I was like, oh. well, nobody's going to try and scare him off, are they? Uh, and then oh. you went for it. Uh, so I guess a flipping on the lights would be scaring them off. But I, yeah, I yeah. I mean, what am I just going to like wait till they come in and then react? No way. No, I'm going with. Um, yeah, police or alarm system. And then uh, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, I guess flip on the lights is a good call. All right, last one, a, a better one for you here. Since you got through the two tough ones, what would you rather own, a bed and breakfast or a vineyard? Oh, a vineyard, 100%. I don't want house guests. I don't want to be in charge of anyone's gross, dirty sheets. <laughs> but I would enjoy a lovely vineyard and the fruits of that labor way more. So vineyard for sure. Uh, great answer. I concur on that one. And you did it. Uh, you made it through the game, which means you get a free 30 second commercial for anything uh, you would like to mention here. Any asks, how can we help you or any gives? How can you help us? Oh, wow. OK, uh, well, of course, I want to plug my book, Rookie Mistakes, available wherever books are sold, uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, anywhere like that. Um, would love for you guys to check it out. Anything I can help you guys with, man, I am, my DMs are always open. If you're someone who is like, man, I, I want to put out videos, but I'm, I'm not sure how, where to start, what to do. Shoot me a DM at Kelly underscore bandits on Instagram. I try to respond to everybody. Um, tell me you saw me on Mike's podcast, you know, put that in the subject line. So maybe I can uh, pay better attention to it. And I'd love to, you know, let you pick my brain, help you in any way I can. I love it. Thank you for being on the show. Kelly Bandis, again, get that book, Rookie Mistakes, and check her out on Instagram or TikTok, Kelly underscore Bandis. For more information on Playful Humans, go to PlayfulHumans.com. Most importantly, share this episode with somebody that you think needs to hear it. And uh, hit subscribe if you haven't already. I imagine uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you can do that wherever you're hearing us uh, or watching us right now that would be great and then go out and have some fun live your life uh be the best version of yourself and that will help all of us so go play everybody